1: Without the first five seconds cut off, you know that the worst five seconds. Last episode, they were actually the best five seconds. So if you missed that, uh, my deepest apologies. Mike Rutherford here with Danny Sinard once again. And Dan, a, a lot of stuff has happened since the last podcast. Louisville went up to Pittsburgh and, and won a tough game for the second straight uh, timeout and second straight uh, year against Pitt. I think there was yep. some royal family news. Um, <laughs> we had uh, some news here locally. As far as the, uh, the local government's concerned, sports betting may be illegal in Kentucky, and uh, I, I got fired from radio. So all that stuff happened. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, Dan, how are you?
0: I'm good, man. Yeah, we got a, a lot to cover here. Um, but first and foremost, uh, big win last night. Definitely needed that. Um, I'm pretty excited to talk about all the positives that came out of it. So we can just jump into that and kind of get rolling.
1: I do want to start with the, I guess, the the personal news. I I think a lot of people want to hear exactly how that went down. Um, It's, I want to start by saying this, like, I'm not going to sit here and bash a whole bunch of people. It's just, it's not who I am. And I don't really have cause to, like, I loved working with all the people at 790. I guess I'll start by saying this. If you're listening to the podcast and don't know that I got fired from radio, I got fired from radio this week. <laughs> uh, so, so, so there you go, Stunner. Uh, check the news. Lots of stuff about a Hooters in Jeffersonville that we can also talk about later. Um, but if you're wondering how it all went down, um, this, this is sort of the background I can give you. Like last week, and let, me, let me preface this whole thing by saying I, I fucking hate talking about ratings. I've never done it in five years. I always kind of cringe when it comes up. But I only bring this up to kind of stress the point about what happened Tuesday and how much of a you know, surprise it was to me. So last week we get a visit from our bosses and you know, they tell us we just had our second best ratings book ever. The best ratings book we had, I think it was two winners ago, was the, the best ratings book they'd ever had in that time slot in the history of 790. Um, you know, we're, we're doing great. We're, you know, we're, we're doing great against the competition. Again, I'm, not try- I, I'm just saying this to, to stress, to set the table for the next point. So, I'm thinking everything's good. Tuesday morning, I get a call. Uh, it's one of my bosses. And in hindsight, it's kind of funny the way I answer the phone because I, I'm literally like, What up, Josh? Like, <laughs> like, like, we're about to have a chatty conversation. And he's, uh, you know, right away, the voice is different. And he's like, I'm sitting here with, you know, so and so. It's two of the uh, the bigger bosses, including our big boss. And he's, he's like, I'm going to read a statement. And it's, he starts off in this very monotone voice. And right away, I mean, you're like, Oh, fuck. Like, this is nobody ever prefaces a call with, I'm here with your bosses. I'm about to read a statement. And the statement is like, you've been nominated for greatest radio person in the history of the world. Like, it's, you know, it's going to be something bad. Yeah. I'm just kind of hoping it's not the, uh, I'm hoping it's not the big bad. And sure enough, as he's reading the statement, it becomes apparent that that's what it is. And so, you know, a lot of people have said, Did you see this coming? Uh, you, you, people have said, We started the podcast because you saw the writing on the wall. No, uh, I was. I was really blindsided by what went down. Um, my first thought was like, is it just me? I, I had no idea that there were going to be nationwide I heart layoffs or that a lot of uh, other really, really talented people here locally and in Lexington were going to be let go. So I, I was kind of terrified that I'd done something wrong. And I, I kind of asked, you know, what's this all about? And they couldn't really uh, give me definitive answers. And that was sort of that. And this is the first time that I've ever been fired from anything. I don't recommend it. It's it's, it's not fun. It's a, it's a bad time. I haven't enjoyed the last couple of days, but it is what it is. And I'll, the morning the morning sucks. I mean, you get the call. You're kind of in a daze. You, you just – everything sort of has changed in, in a way that you – I mean, I, this is the time of the year where our show did the best. It's college basketball season, uh, which is the biggest deal here locally. I mean, Louisville lives, breathes, eats the stuff all, all year round. So you think if you're going to get axed, it's going to be right when the college basketball season ends. Um, so getting that call, kind of reacting to it, having to go upstairs and tell my wife who's working from home and seeing her, you know, cry about it. Like that all was awful. Um, so it was a really, really bad morning. The only thing that kind of carried me through was like, I just started a- after I, you know, let people know what had happened, started reading the texts I got, started re- you know, reading the, the tweets I got, started reading the DMS I got, the Facebook messages, the emails. And that's just sort of what I ended up doing that entire afternoon is just responding to all those people, as many as I could. And just kind of let them pick me up. So if you're listening to this and you were one of those people, I I mean, I can't thank you enough. I know it sounds like a a hollow sort of just hokey thing to say, but like all that stuff really did kind of uh, save me that afternoon. It would have been a really, really just awful day. And instead, it only ended up being just a a kind of shitty day. So that was the good part about it all. Um, The other good part was the Hooters in Jeffersonville stuff taking off. Oh, God. And become, become I mean, if you're gonna get fired, just make sure that something really, really positive comes out of it. And having to make local newscasters say, in a straight face, that my official statement on the matter was, if I'd had to end, I'm glad it ended in a Hooters in Jeffersonville was wonderful. Um, if you didn't know, that was our ended up being our last show. I didn't know it at the time, but Monday we had a remote show uh, at the Hooters just across the bridge. It's a beautiful Hooters, uh, great view of the river, great view of downtown Louisville, wonderful place to do a show. I uh, met my guy, Frank, who was a Army vet who has been listening to the show for a long time. If you're listening to this, Frank, I love you. I'm glad you were there for the last show. He's a fellow Lions fan. Uh, that was awesome. But I, I sent that out in a tweet joking. I made some serious tweets after that just saying, you know, like, like, this sucks. This was my last show. I didn't know it. But if it had to end, I'm glad it ended in a Hooters in Jeffersonville. And that line got picked up by Wave 3. Doug Prophet said it on WHAS. It was in the Courier-Journal. It was on Awful Announcing today. It was in Business First it was apparently on fox news um and it's that's hilarious like that is <laughs> that, that's fucking hysterical
0: it, straight so, out of like an office <laughs> episode I, I i have played it on a loop at least 50 times um and and by the way not to make this about me but I'm like replaying the beginning of this podcast already. Cause I'm like, let's jump into the pit game. <laughs> and then like, you're like, well, actually I kind of have something to talk about. I was like, I actually, I should, I should have given you the floor there. So uh, my apologies got a little anxious with, with, my notes that I took on the pit game. So um, yeah, but obviously I mean a tough day um, I, I'll it's, it's part of my segment at the end of the show, the day on the Dumb. So I'll, I'll kind of, say what I have to say about it but obviously you know I'm I'm glad you know um that at least you you know you you found some humor in the fact that that video went viral but I definitely was thinking about you and obviously you know your family and everyone affected by this um but still I mean that video is just gonna go down in hall of fame history
1: oh it's wonderful uh it's wonderful and I do love like all the people who are like what are you going to do now with all this extra time? I'm like, I've got the other two jobs that, that like demand a, a serious amount of attention and that just get neglected this time of year more than they should. So that extra four hours that I get from not having to do radio now, it, it doesn't go to anything cool like uh, hanging out or watching, you know, the Aaron Hernandez doc on Netflix. It goes to all the other stuff. It, it goes to Card Chronicle. It goes to SB Nation and college basketball coverage. So I'm excited to fully dive into that. And then when these two months are up, we'll see. Uh, you know if anything presents itself and, and where we go from there, but I'm excited to do the podcast. Um, couldn't appreciate it enough, by the way, we have a, a shitload of people who've given us five stars and who have written reviews. That's, that's awesome. I think actually we have like more reviews on this podcast than the Ramsey and Rutherford show had on its podcast on the, the, the actual podcast app from over two and a half years of work. So you guys are awesome. If you are listening to this for the first time, uh, you can find the, the, the podcast on any podcast carrier, the podcast app on your phone, Spotify, iTunes, what have you. And if you do, give us five stars and, and write a, a friendly review. It does help us out a lot. Um, so we'll jump into the basketball conversation now. I
0: appreciate you letting me kind of just, just <laughs> tell the story there. It's like I get it off. The floor the floor is yours. So no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got really anxious there. It's like getting the jitters out here. But, um, yeah, no, definitely big game. All right, let's
1: talk about uh, Tuesday night. Louisville goes up to Pittsburgh in a hostile environment. One of the more I won't say underrated because at one time the Oakland Zoo was known as one of the best student sections in the uh, the old Big East.
0: And now I guess the ACC, they haven't been good enough for it to really get much attention. But let me ask you this. Do you really think it was like one of the more hostile environments? Because on TV, even back in the day, it never even looked super hostile. But like everyone that went there was like, oh, it's hostile. I guess it just never came through on TV. I don't know how you feel about that. I think
1: it's just according to people who have made that trip before. It's just how nasty the students are. Like, um, they they were the first ones I think to chant Karen Seifert, Rick Pitino back in the day. I know West Virginia did it too, but I'm pretty sure the the Oakland Zoo at the Pete they were the first group to do it. It's kind of like SMU. Like everybody says you know, that the the fan base only got up for big games. But like, if you were there, the, uh, the game that we played there where Russ Smith was so sick in in Dallas, uh, the one year we were in the AAC, apparently that was like, (laughs) they just were like the nastiest human beings alive and made it a hostile environment. I think it's kind of the same way with Pitt. Like there's, you know, everybody always takes pictures of the, the student section directions. And I know Daniel Lerner did it for Notre Dame, which was, I mean, Notre Dame's, I I know there are a bunch of fucking nerds up there, but like. It was the, the lamest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. It was like, read the newspaper when they're announcing the team and, you right. know, say, say sucks after the player's name. And I was like, oh, my God, a lot of losers up there. Yeah, um, a lot of, lot of losers, a lot of losers. But Pitt is like they go right to the thing that you feel the worst about yourself and just go right at it. It's uh, it, they're, they're pretty nasty about it. So I think, you know, it's they never have a lot of people in there anymore but I still think it's it gets ugly and it's okay. tough to play there and the students are on top of you too like they're right there on the floor so that makes it a little bit tough too yeah but anyways uh so Louisville goes up there they win the game 73 to 68 in overtime it was a lot like last year's game where Louisville kind of was playing from behind the entire time they force overtime late the only difference is this year they're able to get it done in OT um we always do our one big overreaction to this game dan your one big overreaction to Louisville going on the road for a second straight game and winning a competitive game against a eh, you know just okay team.
0: I think I said before the game that um, you know it should be a team that um, we beat. Um, I was hoping like it was a game where it was maybe a little nip and tuck and then we pulled in the way pulled away in the second half. But the way things went last night, I was absolutely thrilled just to come out of there with a victory. It seemed like we were up against everything, whether you know, I know we did get the, the big late call, but it seemed like great call. To, yeah, it was, great, it, it was a great call. It, Fantastic it was call. phenomenal. Um, and the way the guy called it where he hopped down <laughs> the floor was just it, it totally made it 20 times better. But I felt like we got a tough whistle for most of the game. Um, you know, we had the Mac T. Um and we just down seven with two minutes left I think it just showed that's a, that's a game that I don't think last year's team would have pulled out Um, so I, I'm really just thrilled that we went in there uh, got the victory and now at least you know going into Saturday I know Duke lost yesterday so maybe that takes the shine off the the game a little bit but um, you know, we're, we're tied at the top of the ACC standings, um, as far as in the loss column goes. And I'm, I'm could not be more excited about Saturday, but, uh, huge win, um, yesterday going up against, you know, uh, a team that basically was, I mean, McGallons was hitting every single thing that he threw up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought we actually played pretty good D for the most part. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll take a win in a hostile environment like that all day. No, I'm with you. I think
1: that the defense, for the most part, was really really good against them. And you and I w- were texting with our friends during the game, and I was like, they're eventually like they're gonna stop making this garbage. Like they were taking a, I, the shot clock basically down to five, four seconds every single time, taking a contested shot in the lane or taking a deep three and making it. And that's a pit team that doesn't shoot the ball all that well. And so you kind of just felt like if we if we just sort of st- stayed plugging away and weathered the storm a little bit we were going to make a run and it didn't really happen until the end of the second half but thankfully it happened if you want to like my big takeaway I mean for the second straight game Louisville is in a situation where with four minutes to go it looks like hell with with two and a half minutes to go it looks like they're done even more so than Notre Dame like Notre Dame it was you've blown a lead can you make up for it in this game it was like they may just not have it this may just be Pitt's night but with Two and a half minutes ago, Louisville just completely out executed this team down the stretch, which has been not this team's forte since Chris Mack took over a year and a half ago. And I think that as fans, like we always you always overanalyze your own team and you always kind of harp on the negative more than you probably should. Here's what I would encourage every Louisville fan who's still a little bit upset about Tuesday night's game to do. Go back, watch the last four minutes of, of regulation and imagine you're a Pitt fan. Because Louisville just out-executed them, and Pitt did everything wrong down the stretch. I mean, you've got guys at the top of the key holding the ball, not being defended, who are taking five steps and walking. You've got, um, who is it, Um, um, Xavier Johnson taking absurd shots with the game on the line. You've got them killing time and not accomplishing anything. If that had been us, like there would be people out to hang Chris Mack. There would be people throwing stuff on his front porch all night long because Pitt just completely weathered down the stretch, and Louisville was fantastic in the the game's final four minutes. So that's my, I think my kind of big takeaway is for the second straight game on the road against a conference team that had momentum at the time, Louisville just out-executed an opponent down the stretch, which is something they did, I I think, zero times last year, save save for maybe that Michigan State game back in, what was it, late November, early December. So I'm with you. Like I, I think that this is a win you don't throw a parade for or anything like that, but I think you celebrate the fact that it's a, it's a game that they probably would have lost, not just last year, but maybe a month and a half ago. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I would. And the nice part for me is we're starting to kind of see guys step up into certain roles. It's, it's really nice to see fresh Kimball, especially at the end of the games, execute the way he's been executing. Um, you know, for him to step up and take that big three and we we're down four Um, I love that. And then he was the one that found Dwayne in the corner in overtime when he penetrated into the lane. Um, so I, you know, I think he's becoming sort of kind of that leader that we are looking for, um, someone that you can look to down the stretch. Um, and then obviously, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more, but I mean, the coming out party for, for David Johnson last night, I think is probably going to be the biggest thing to come out of this game moving forward. Um, you know, that sequence the missed dunk sequence where he followed up with a three um that that tape is out there now not just for him but for the fans that all right this kid has he has something that most people on our team or probably you know everyone on our team isn't capable of doing um so you know we want to see him start to put it together a little bit and God, he was getting into the lane. He was fin- he had like a left-handed kind of awkward layup he finished in overtime. He found uh he was the one that found Fresh for that three when we were down four with like his overhead pass. Plus he played really good defense too. I think Mac was subbing him in on uh like offense defense. He was subbing him for defense, which um I think moving forward, uh, you know, having him and Fresh be able to kind of rotate at the one and two spots if they ever needed and have him on the floor at the same time. That's going to be a huge luxury for us to have. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway from the
1: game, and it's it, there's really no question about it. Like, I don't know if David Johnson ever transitions into like we've had announcers now. I think it was Corey Alexander again doing the game for ACC Network on Tuesday, saying like I've been saying for a while like he needs to be the guy. Like they need to go ahead and just hand the offense over to him, give him the reins. I don't know if that happens. Maybe it does, but it's really, really apparent that like whatever good or whatever bad happens these next two months, David Johnson is going to play a huge part in it. Like Chris Mack clearly believes in him. I don't. I, I think that he was playing him down the stretch of regulation just to kind of see what he's got because he said that before. Like he said, you know, we need to put guys in situations where the game is still hanging in the balance and just, you know, if we lose, we lose, but we've got to figure out what we have with some of these players. And I think he was doing that in regulation. I think he was playing him in overtime because he gave you the best chance to win. And, I mean, case in point, he's playing him at the two. Like, he's just got to have him out there on the floor for his length and his ability to create on the other end. And I think, you know, you and I have talked about this in pretty much every podcast we've done at this point. Every time he's on the floor, he does at least one thing that the other three guards just can't do. And he was doing that against Pitt constantly. Even when he was making mistakes in the lane, he, you, you could kind of live with those because they were sort of Russ Smith mistakes where at least he was making something happen. He was beating guys off the bounce. He was putting himself and other people in positions to score sometimes he just wasn't making good passes or he wasn't making the right decision when he got in a position to score but every time you watch him play even when he is making those mistakes man like he's gonna be really fucking good like I think he's gonna be good this year but at some point whether it's next year as a sophomore maybe his junior year he's gonna be a fantastic college player um he's he's better than I thought he was going to be and I thought he was going to be pretty good I mean do you think that like this becomes a thing where by the end of the year when we're talking about postseason play, like he's the guy at the point or is he going to continue to
0: play the role that he's in right now? That's, that's a good question. I mean, this is one game. He is a freshman. So, um, you know, there's a lot more to it than using your athletic ability. He's going to have to know scouting reports, you know, other teams are, are, you know, kind of the book is going to be out on, on how he likes to to penetrate or drive or whatnot. So he's going to have to adjust, but Uh, I would say best case scenario is him, you know, moving into that position late. And, you know, if if we want to make a run in March, I think he's going to be a big part of it. Because, um, like we talked about, I think he can just do things on the floor that other guys can't do, um, whether that's driving kick, whether that's finish through contact. Um, you know, and we haven't seen a lot of his uh, outside shooting capabilities, but he looks confident enough to where, you know, he's able to knock down the outside shot on a consistent basis. I know he missed some free throws last night, um, which, you know, again, I'd say that's. Uh, with a little bit of a bugaboo. We had that in the Kentucky game as well. Um, you know, down the stretch, hopefully, we, you know, we can kind of focus and start making our free throws. Um, but yeah, I would say if he is playing a big role for our team in March, that's a good sign. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, the other thing that I'll say is when Chris Mack has talked about the freshman, he's kind of talked about
1: David Johnson and Samuel Williamson in the same breath. You know, he, he said we got to let those guys play through stuff. They got to get out there, they got to get more experience. I don't think you can do that anymore. Like, I I think David Johnson has separated himself. I think you have to talk about him differently than you talk about Sam Williamson at this point, because with Johnson, I I I agree with you. I think he's going to be an integral part in whatever happens over the next couple of months. I don't know if you can say the same thing about Samuel Williamson. I'm not saying that I don't think he's going to play at all this year or that he's going to be, you know, just kind of a guy who plays maybe two minutes this game, 10 minutes the next, no minutes the next two games, but I, I just I, I don't think that he's going to get there this year. That I think that's what we found out the last couple of weeks. I think he's going to be fantastic down the line. Like he clearly has a, an immense skill set, but he's in his own head right now. He he's got the the classic freshman look of a guy who's kind of guessing about what he wants to do offensively. He, he's if he's wide open, he's going to take the shot. But outside of that, like he wants to make a simple pass. He doesn't want to make mistakes. When he drives to the basket, you can tell that he doesn't hold, have a whole lot of faith in himself right now and his ability to finish. And uh, I don't know if you can play a guy like that 10 to 15 minutes or, or let him play through his mistakes. I, I think the maybe you, you see how he handles the, the atmosphere on Saturday at Cameron Indoor. Maybe you play him a couple more times. But if he doesn't show you something these next week and a half or so, I, I think he he sort of settles into that like the Lorenzo Wade role on the final f- uh, four team in 05 or like the Preston Knowles freshman year role where he's playing like eight to 10 minutes, um, giving Jordan Wara a break and kind of doing some stuff. But I just don't think, for whatever reason, he seems to have gotten a little bit lost. He's got that that freshman days about him. And he's also an extreme liability on defense. You talked about David Johnson getting better defensively. Watch Sam off the ball. He just, like, grabs dudes. And he gets called for fouls a bunch. And they're almost yeah. all, like, totally justified. You could nitpick a lot of the stuff that the refs did. But every, all the fouls on Sam on Tuesday night were, I mean, he just was just, like, bear-hugging people. Like, he is, he's got a long way to go defensively. There's no question.
0: I, I agree with that, and you know Sam comes. He's a McDonald's All-American, obviously, is uh, a superior talent on offense. Um, and you know, on high school, you're 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 scoring 20 25 points every single game. You're taking as many shots as you want, and it's got to be a little bit of adjustment for him. Um, he's he comes in and probably thinks that he needs to, you know, at least get one or two shots up, whether they're in the flow of the offense or not. So I think he's still trying to kind of feel out the college game. Uh, He'll get there. You can tell that the talent's there, but I agree with you. He is a liability on defense right now. And he looks like he's just overthinking and not playing. And, um, you know, the good part is, you know, we're we're, with Jordan in that position. It's not a, a super big need right now, but, uh, I, I do think he'll get it figured out. It would it would be nice for him to give us some contributions, um, you know, down the stretch here in the season. But uh, I still am expecting big things at, at Louisville for him before, you know, before everything's done. Sort of a, a side note here. Pitt's going to
1: be pretty good next year. Like that's, yeah. uh, I, I kind of, I don't want to play them in the, in the ACC tournament just because I think there would be a brawl. Like, there's a lot of bad blood between this team. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tony and Malik Williams got into it a couple times. Uh, Dwayne Sutton gave Tony a little bit of a shove. McGowans was jawling with everybody the entire night. And by the way, Trey McGowans is really good. Um, yeah. he, he's, he's been killing us for the last two years. Justin Champagne, the freshman, he's really good. Xavier Johnson is, I think, his stat line for the entire season. He does a little bit of everything. He's fantastic. If they can find a decent big man, they should be, I don't want to say like top four in the ACC next year, but they should be an NCAA tournament team because um, McGowan's and Johnson are just sophomores. Champagne is a, is a freshman, they've got a good nucleus there. Capel's doing a, a fantastic job dropping bags all over the uh, the Northeast there and getting some talent up there. We'll see if they can actually make a move. Um, but I, it was a, it, it was a tough test. Um, you expect tough tests when you go up there and you expect them from those two guards. And I think they took it personally. Speaking of Capel, what did you think of um, Malik Williams and Darius Perry wearing the student section headbands that got thrown at them? And it wasn't actually Jeff Capel, but it was Jason Capel who, in the handshake line, appeared to see, see Malik Williams wearing the headband and told him to. I believe the quote was, take that yellow shit off your head. Um, the headband. Is it OK yeah. or is it not OK?
0: No, it's totally fine. Thank they're, you. They're, they're just goofing. I mean, they're college kids. Um, you know, they won a, a hard fuck game. You know, it, there's there's no reason to get mad about that, but I, I I could see it from Pitt's perspective. They just blew a seven point lead with two minutes left. They're all probably pretty pissed off. Um, so whatever. I'm I'm sure Mac probably said something to him in the locker room, maybe, but I don't see a big deal. Um, with it, they're just they're just kids having fun. I think if if a student throws something at you. I
1: think you're allowed to wear. it. I think that should be the rule here. If if you're just picking it up if you're taking it away from a kid or something and you're putting it on then it's kind of foul, but if so, if you you have a object thrown at you, you're allowed to then wear it as sort of a fuck you to the uh, the team and the in the fan base you just be. I think that should be the rule. Um so I'm good. I, I was good with it. I was I was fine with it. So Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. Um, let's turn the page from Pitt. I, I do want to have like a more extensive podcast on the Duke game on Saturday before we get there because I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. College game day in town. Uh, we now know after tonight's games, Florida State takes down Virginia. So we have a three-way tie atop the ACC with Louisville, Duke, and Florida State all at 5-1 and one in the conference. So if nothing else, if Louisville wins on Saturday, they'll be tied for first with Florida State, potentially alone in first place by themselves. And for all the, the belly aching and the overanalyzing and all that stuff, if you looked at Louisville on January 15th and said this team was going to be 14-3 and three overall and 5-1 and one in the ACC, I think most people would have been okay with that. I guess the issue is how some of those wins and some of those losses have come to pass. But um, overall thoughts, Dan, uh, about Saturday, Durham, Cameron Indoor, college game day. These are the types of games that you, I mean, this is what we live for in the winter months.
0: No, I completely agree. Have, have we, we haven't won there since we joined the ACC, have we? No. Yeah. So I, we we got and if there's a year, I think for us to get one under our belt, this is definitely there for the taking. I know they're missing. I don't know. Do you, are Wendell Moore and Joey Baker? I know they're hurt right now. Any idea if they're going to be back Saturday or? Um, I have not. I don't
1: think Joey Moore or Joey Baker. I should say, it sounds like he's definitely not going to play on Saturday. Um, Wendell Moore it was the exact release from Duke was I think significant time was what they said and that was just a week ago so I can't imagine he'll be able to play surgery on a hand seems like something that you don't come back from in a week so if I had gotcha to guess, yeah probably yeah. no chance
0: he's playing and, and I mean they're not very deep I think they only play without those two guys seven or eight guys I think O'Connell off the bench and DeLorean and um but I mean Trey Jones he's Obviously tough. He's even shooting it better this year than he did last year. His assists are up. His steals are up. And then obviously Vernon Carey, he's a low, he's going to be a load down low. We're going to have to throw a bunch of bodies at him. Um, he usually finds a way to to get his. Um, and then, you know, Cassius Stanley, He he. I think his last four games, he's really kind of turned it on. I think he's averaging maybe uh, right around 15, 16 points um and he's a leaper probably a guy he's that is the scariest dude in this game scariest yeah, dude if you're a local I, fan i agree probably don't want to let him get off and um you know um uh, get the crowd into it but i i think you know these last two games even though the the, the talent we face isn't going to be the caliber of the talent we face at duke i think that's a nice preparation going into the duke game um for Kind of what we're going to be up against, and I, I just love the way that we've we've come out of the last two games w- with a win, kind of doing a, whatever it takes. So I'm looking forward to it. I I really think we can go. I, I don't know what Ken Palm says right now, but I think we can go in there and get a W. I'm I'm actually probably overly confident in this game, um, really? which is a, a, a which is a bad sign. I I just <laughs> I, I, yeah I know that's a bad sign, but um I just I just really like the more so than the play. I like the probably the mindset that our team has right now to where, hey, you know, no matter what happens, we're going to try to find a way here at the end. Real quick. How about the fact that in 2020 now, Clemson football has
1: not won a game. They're winless. They're 0-1. Clemson basketball ended a 59 or 0-59 streak at North Carolina won there for the first time in the history of the program. They've been playing there since 1926 and then beats Duke. So the Clemson basketball actually undefeated in 2020 with wins over Duke and North Carolina. Clemson football has uh, not won a game. Um, Shout out to Tigers. Big time basketball (laughs) school. Brad Brown now should have Dabo Sweeney's (laughs) on.
0: Shout out Brad Brown now. Gosh, shout out that guy. guy, Like he just kind of trucks along, doesn't he? It's like, Oh yeah, those old Brad, he's still on the sidelines. Like he's going to be there in like six years. Like, Oh, I guess, how many tournament wins does Clemson have? Like, he just kind of keeps trucking along, keeping his job, and just kind of keeping Clemson, like, not terrible but not great.
1: If you asked, and it's embarrassing because Brownell's been there for, I think, seven or eight years now. I think if you asked every person in the United States of America to name as many ACC basketball coaches as they could, I would bet hard money that Brad Brownell would be the least known coach in the ACC. Even Mike Young at Virginia Tech, who's only been there for you know a few months now, is there is there a more anonymous coach in this conference than Brownell
0: that's a i would venture to say no um yeah i mean i can't think of boston college i mean they go through coaches every so often so Jim they don't really count yeah so far um, he's he's so gone yeah but no i would agree with you all right before we get into this
1: week's Dan of the Dumps segment I, I mentioned the fact that on the uh, the podcast app to everybody who's subscribed, everybody who's given us five stars, thank you. I want to re- read a couple of the reviews um, just to kind of entice you guys to write more of them. We'll go with, um, let's see here, real quick. I want to pull, I loved this one because I, I, I fucked up the podcast last week and cut off the first five seconds. So tapping Mommy says, everyone knows the first five seconds of a podcast are the worst five seconds. Pretty cutting edge for Mike to just cut off all that together. Can't wait to see this podcast take off. Mike truly is the best. Tapping Mommy you're actually the best. Uh, shout out <laughs> to you. Um and PAville says Mike is great and Dumpster Dan is pretty good too. Uh,
0: hey PAville,
1: what's up? I don't know if I mean Dan of the dumps, are you okay with being referred to as Dumpster Dan
0: now? Whatever. I mean, I I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just along for the ride at this point. Like, uh, you know, I'm 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 grateful to be on the pod, but I know majority of the people there, uh, majority, like 99% of the people are tuning besides my mom are probably tuning in to listen to just you. So, um, but yeah, if we want to roll a dumpster, Dan, we can, uh, we can make that happen. I'll have to give my wife a heads up if someone ever shouts that to me in a bar or something like that. All right. Speaking of dumpster, Dan, this is the way we end all of
1: the podcast. It's the Dan and the dump story of the week. If you haven't watched or listened to the first two episodes, Danny has a, a, a really just history of bad luck. Bad stuff happens to him. Usually it's self-inflicted. Um, so we call this segment Dan of the Dumps. Dan, what's your Dan of the Dumps story for episode three?
0: So I know the first two, you know, were, were fun and, and kind of loose. This one's a, a little bit more serious. And you touched on it at the beginning. Um, you know, obviously, um, yesterday was a tough day. You're one of my best friends and you never want to see one of your best friends, you know, kind of be told, hey, you got to stop on a dime doing what you love to do. Um, so, you know, obviously I was thinking about you yesterday, um, thinking about John. I know um, he was affected. Paul Rogers, I mean. God, if, if you're gonna let go, of Paul Rogers, is that like against the law? Jeez. I like. I, I literally <laughs> I legit might
1: be more upset about Paul than I am. Amazed. I mean, like that's I, that's a true statement.
0: I mean, my God, that that's that's hard to believe. But it's Paul fucking um, Rogers. I know, Jesus. Uh, but I'll say this: I, I remember when you, you used to just write blogs, and there was about four of us reading it. Um, <laughs> and like. Yesterday, when I was like going through your Twitter mentions and like the outpouring of support you got yesterday was literally one of the most surreal things that I've seen. Um, thinking back to like 12, 13 years ago when you started the blog, but um, reading like all those comments, uh, the reason people were you know so outpouring and the love they were showing is because you know you do this for the right reasons. You know, you love Louisville Athletics, you love the city of Louisville. Uh, you have a special way of relating to people of all ages, you know, whether that's through your writing or the radio. So, you know, I say this as a friend and a supporter of your work, you know, from day one. You know, this is just whatever happened yesterday. That's just it's just a small footnote um, and a story that eventually you're going to be able to write your own ending to. So, head up, good things are going to be in your future. I don't know what they'll be, but with that being said. The fact that your fucking rain ended at a Hooters in Jeffersonville <laughs> is legendary. I mean, legendary. We have to do a live podcast from that Hooters. It's only right. There needs to be a plaque with your name on it. You know, the only reason I used to go to Hooters was for two reasons. The boobs and the hot wings. Shout out <laughs> Michael Scott. Uh, <laughs> God, I know my mom's listening to this. Sorry, mom. Um, but no, seriously, uh, the fact that all that happened yesterday and and we can still find a way to, to kind of smile about it. Just, I think it shows a lot about your character and, um, yeah, there'll be better days ahead, man. So hang in there. I really want to do like, you know, that
1: the, um, the class that saved coach K documentary on 30 for 30, I want to have like a reunion at that Hooters in Jeffersonville where we go to like that, sit in that same booth where we did the show. And like we act like <laughs> like it's just as dramatic. Like I remember, yeah, this was where we uh we brought on we brought on Vince Tyree. He, he was like he was our last guest, man. And like we just got to go back it's like a roundtable discussion. That one like the seven people that were actually in the building at that time are, are back there. My guy Frank is back uh, doing the show. So uh, why well, <laughs> in all seriousness, I appreciate that, buddy. That was that was really nice. I do have to call you out though. Did I hear a page ruffle as you were reading that? Did you actually have to write some of that down? I, I had
0: to, oh my god! I can't believe this is happening on air. I literally I, I was like, I'm never going to be able to remember all this. Like, I literally have the Paul Rogers joke written out. I go that literally says, Jesus, is this against the law to fire Paul Rogers for anything? <laughs> so, uh, caught red handed. Gonna have to work on the, uh, the background noise here, obviously. Oh, but my probably, God. Yeah, I'm going to have to build a studio in my house here. Um, <laughs> we're getting too big for just ruffling through fucking yellow pages of handwritten notes. I'm I'm better than this. Oh, God.
1: Are we, though? I, I don't, I don't no. think so. I, I don't think
0: just yet. I mean, yeah, I probably wouldn't
1: have been able to hear that if we actually had decent audio. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, thanks, man. Like, I, I really, really appreciate that. And to everybody who's reached out, like, I'm not just saying it. Like, you all have made a, a really shitty situation into a... Just kind of a shitty situation, which is the best compliment I can pay you. you it has meant uh, a great deal to me, and we're gonna be okay. It's gonna be fine. Um, some, uh, some
0: good stuff's going to happen. One last thing: the the Twitter responses you were getting, and again, it's a it's obviously a tough situation. I'm not, you know, putting. I'm not trying to rain on it or, or rain on your parade or anything. But well, not a parade. I'm not trying to bring you down or anything. But it was almost it was almost felt like you died a little bit, the responses. <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is like that Save by the Bell episode where Zach has to get surgery and he has like the dream <laughs> he, like he had the basketball injury and he has the dream where they're gonna hack Zach and then he's he gonna hack Zach. Yeah, like, yeah. And so he uh he gets to in his dream he gets to see his own funeral and gets to see that you know, all the girls still had a crush on him and stuff. I was like, God, he's just getting all you told me today you got love from the FedEx guy. I was like, good Lord. Um, they're going to spike awesome. Mike.
1: You like that? Yeah. They're <laughs> going to spike Mike. That's the way it was. Yeah, I, I swear to God, like I, I did not make that up. Walking the dog this afternoon, I walked the dog, I guess, um, sort of perfectly during the three o'clock hour like when I would actually be doing the radio show. I got stopped by three different people just saying, like, keep your head up, man. Two of them I know. Two of them were people I just know from around the, the, uh, the neighborhood. But around the Elon library, this FedEx driver pulls over and goes, hey, Mike, good luck. And if you're listening to this, by the way, thank you so much. You're awesome. And he's like, you know, I'm a big fan, really respect your work and all this stuff. I felt like a, a politician the day after losing an election. Like I'm walking <laughs> around, I'm like, I'm like just got to get back out there. And all these people are like, oh, my God, like he's so brave for showing his face in public. We're all rooting for you, buddy. I was like, <laughs> Jesus, but uh, oh, man, it's going to be OK. It's going to. Yeah, be
0: okay. that's that's awesome, though. That I mean, God, Russ Smith reached out. Shout out, Russ. That was that right there. I was like, how do I get fired? That's awesome. So yeah. um, not, not awesome. But okay. yeah,
1: yeah. If, if it has to happen, I'm glad that uh, some of the funny stuff came out of it. So it's been fine. Uh, but I'm excited about Saturday. Excited about another episode here of the Card Chronicle podcast. Uh, like I said, we're going to hopefully get another one out um before the game on saturday now with with more free time here i think we'll be able to do these things a little bit more frequently but if you haven't subscribed yet do that for us check it out wherever you can find podcasts dan appreciate it i'll be uh, talking to you in the next couple of days
0: loved it man yeah definitely let's do it again all right thanks so much
1: for tuning in to episode three of the card chronicle podcast we'll see you uh very shortly